Hello and welcome to episode number 302 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and today we are talking to Amanda about BEA and BookCon 2018. Fresh from the fresh hell that is the Javits Center, Amanda and I are going to talk about her adventures at BEA, better known as Book Expo America, and BookCon, which happened last week. Sometimes I can record, edit, and produce an episode in a few days, and I'm lucky to be able to do that this week. I'm still working on compiling RT, but those will be released soon. So we're going to talk about BEA and BookCon, what they are, what the differences are between them, and what, or more specifically, who each one is for. Amanda talked at length about her experiences at BEA and her experiences at BookCon, the wonderful and the execrable. So we're going to answer fun questions such as, what's the difference between BEA and BookCon? What comics and books did Amanda learn about this year? How much do I dislike the Javits Center? Will cats interrupt the podcast? What bookish Brooklyn-based vendor did Amanda fall in love with? And why is Sunday the best day of BookCon? We also talk about a book Amanda loved so much she is pretty sure it's one of her best books of 2018. Yes, it is that good. This podcast is brought to you by Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane. Bo Petty has been searching his whole life for a place that fills all the empty spaces in him, for a way to tame his restlessness, for answers to the secret he has never stopped trying to solve. What he wasn't searching for was a woman to claim all of him. But when Cora Silvera walks back into his life, he's ready to search out all the ways that he can make her his. Cora has spent her life as the family nurturer taking care of others. But now she's ready to pass that job on to someone else. It's time to make some changes and live for herself. And it's in that moment that her former teenage crush reappears. And the draw and the heat of their instant connection is like nothing either of them has experienced He craves being around her. She accepts him, dark corners and all. Bo thinks Cora has had enough drama in her life, and he wants to protect her from the secrets of his past, even if it means holding back the last pieces of himself. But Cora is no pushover, and she means to claim all of those pieces, because sometimes what you find is not what you were searching for. Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane is on sale June 26th and is available for pre-order wherever books are sold. This week's transcript is brought to you by you. Everyone who has supported the podcast Patreon helps make sure that every episode, forward and backward in the archives, receives a transcript. And the transcripts make the show more accessible to folks who cannot or don't wish to listen and ensure that everyone is included. So thank you. Would you like to sponsor an episode or a podcast transcript? Email me, sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. I would love to hear from you, and we can make this fit your budget. I also have compliments, and this is one of my favorite parts of recording and producing. To Krista S., a gathering of TV producers tried to create a reality show where contestants would attempt to replicate everything that makes you fabulous, but it cannot be done. You're too great. And to Kathleen W., there should be a store that has sections devoted to books, shows, movies, food, and art that you like because you have impeccable taste. Now, as I mentioned, the support of the Patreon community helps me commission transcripts and maintain equipment for live shows, and I'm planning another one, so stay tuned, RWA Denver folks. I also collaborate with the Patreon community to develop questions for new upcoming podcast guests, and as little as a dollar a month helps you join our goofy group of podcast supporters. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. 
I also want to thank some of the Patreon folks personally. So to Jay, Darice, Jacqueline, Christina, and Alana, thank you so much for your support and for being part of the Patreon community. Now, I'm going to set this to music at some point. Are there other ways to support the show? Yes, there are. Leave a review wherever you listen. That makes an immense difference, like massive difference. However you listen, if you subscribe, tell a friend, whatever works. Most of all, thank you for hanging out with me each week. I really appreciate it. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Atwater. And of course, I will tell you at the end of the show who this is and how you can purchase it for your very, very own. And at the end of the episode in the outro, which is totally a word, I have a preview of what's coming up on the website this week and a terrible joke, a particularly bad one that I really, really enjoy and haven't told my family yet. So after I record this, when they come home and we have dinner, I'm going to inflict it upon them too. <laughs> and in the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, I will have links to many things that we talk about in this episode, especially the t-shirt company that Amanda is so excited about and links to all of the books and comics that she mentions in this episode. There are many. And if you want to suggest a guest or recommend a book or just tell us something, I love hearing from you. Our podcast email is sbjpodcast at gmail.com or if you like Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. They end up in the same place. You can also find me on Twitter at smartbitches and Amanda is at underscore I'm an adult, which is also a cross-stitch pattern, which I made for her because it's an awesome cross-stitch pattern and it's a great phrase. But now without any further delay, on with the podcast, let's hear all about BEA and BookCon. So you went to BEA. I did. I did. And then to BookCon. Yes, I did. Are you sick in any way? Did you get con crud? No, this is just allergies. Okay, so that's a win, actually, because BEA can kill you. I don't know if you know this, but I have a theory that the Javits Center is actually a direct portal to hell. That is why there's no subway line there. That's why there's not a whole lot of decent food either, and it, it might be the worst place on earth. Yeah, I mean, my body is not in great shape. My body is very tired by the like last day. It's like, please, please no more. No more walking. <laughs> um, On concrete, by the way, because everything in there is concrete. Yeah, there are some booths that put down a nice plush carpet, but for the most part, it's... Uh, it is concrete. So let's back up. Uh, let's back up and explain what is BEA. What is if somebody says to you, "Oh my God, you're going to BEA"? What's that? What do you tell them? Um, Other than I'm going to hell because that's the Javits <laughs> Center. Um, so there is a distinct uh, difference between BEA and BookCon for those right. who aren't aware. Uh, BEA stands for Book Expo America, and um, I believe don't. Don't quote me, but I believe it's the largest North American publishing publishing conference. The largest one in the world is in Frankfurt, Germany, and that's the Frankfurt Book Fair. And this is basically a professional convention of publishers showing what they have coming in the next year. Yeah. Um, so publishers will set up booths. Publishers of all sizes will mm-hmm. set up booths. Uh, they will meet with booksellers and media people. Um, to showcase what they have coming up to, you know, see if anyone's interested in covering their books or carrying them in their stores. And there are panels going on. 
Um, but it is definitely more industry focused. There, you know, NetGalley was there talking about new technology and, you know, that sort of stuff. So it is more industry based. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it lasts Wednesday to Friday. So it's three days instead of book cons, two days. And there are a lot more exhibitors um, because they're not like appealing to a consumer as in a reader. Right. Um, you know, like a reader might not be interested in like the latest ebook technology. Uh, I totally would, but I'm weird. <laughs> My biggest frustration with, um, with BEA is that after a while, I have to wonder who are they promoting themselves to if not for each other? Yeah, it, I can see that. It's not like there's that many bookstores left. I get the press angle and I get the um, promotional coverage. And there's a lot of technology and corporate interaction that happens. I totally get it. Okay, so then if it's an industry con- conference, who are you presenting to? The entire group of book buyers, which is what, four whole people? Oh, they're also librarians. I forgot librarians. Yeah, but librarians they're, also have their own things. You know? Yeah, they have ALA, um, which is... And a- then they have... They have these cool names like Midwinter. Oh, yeah. Midwinter Institute. Right? I would go to that. I don't even know what they do, but it sounds cool. I want a t-shirt. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I just have a little library fangirl problem. So my my frustration with BEA personally is A, it's at the Javits, which is the worst place on earth. And two, I can never really figure out exactly who it's for and I get the sense from the number of banners featuring white dudes that they're posturing at each other. And nothing is going to make me irritated more than posturing of white dudes. But well, you are super, super into it. Now, I hate the Javits Center because getting there from New Jersey is awful. I'll just stop with awful because I could <laughs> rant for about 25 years. I mean, you came from Boston and I'm willing to bet you had an easier time getting there than coming from New Jersey. But that's well, a yeah. Rant. I mean, I was on a train and right. uh, I bunked with my roommate who works for a publisher. Um, What's her perspective on BEA? How does she like it? We both feel the same way in that we like BEA. It is exhausting because she's running, she's helping run the booth. So she's fielding questions and, you know, trying to coordinate like the booth signings that they have. And the booths um, are mostly run by publicity and marketing. Is that right? Yes. And some sales. And sales, obviously sales is in there yeah. too. Um, but BookCon is where it gets insane. And she's a reader too. And she's a big r- YA reader. So for her, it's a little difficult because since she's working at the booth, she doesn't really get to enjoy the reader side of things. And a lot of the things that they have going on at BEA and BookCon are very skewed towards the YA genre, which is what she reads. So she's like, man, I have to work this booth and I can't go to this signing. And um, It's a strange overlap because most people who work in publishing are also readers. Yeah. And when you work in publishing, then the reader side has to disappear. Yep. So she's much. working a booth. And you were busy taking over the universe. What were some of the things you did? (laughs) Um, So in terms of BEA, I had a couple meetings. I met with a publicity firm who does book publicity. And I met with Amazon Publishing to talk about um, their publishing, different publishing arms that they have. Um, And the Amazon meeting was great. I felt so bad for the poor publicist that I was meeting with because we were in this curtained booth. 
It's covered with black curtains all the way around. This wasn't an exhibit booth. This was a private meeting room for the Amazon publishing staff. And three, it's all... It was all older white men in their 50s would just wander into the booth, interrupt our meeting to kind of pitch this publicist that I'm meeting with about like how to get a meeting so they can talk to Amazon about this book that they're working on. I'm like the entitlement of these guys to just walk in and interrupt a meeting between two women to like pitch their dumb book. Oh, dude, seriously? Yeah. No, it happened That's... three times during the meeting. Same um, dudes or different dudes? But uh, Different dudes. Oh, for the love of God. But at the end of the meeting, they had this lovely table of books, many that we had just talked about. And they're like, take whatever you want. <laughs> I was like, wonderful. Um, Excellent. Yeah. And then the, the wait, highlight. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You can't just be like, and there was a table of books. What were the books that you were interested in and that you learned about? You can't just be like, there's books, but I'm not telling you. Are we keeping it to the Amazon, the special Amazon table? No, I want to hear. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about all the books at the end. Go okay, ahead and go okay. on. I'm out of order. So shut, I'm going to shut up now. Um, and then on Friday, I moderated my first panel ever. Um, and it was great. Um, it went really well. Um, you know, I just pretty much introduced everyone, kept everyone on time, which we stayed on time with eight Dude. presenters. Dude. It was, I think that was the highlight. That was like my greatest accomplishment. Um, and then, you know, I wandered around the audience fielding audience questions and the panel was essentially about why independent bookstores should really cultivate a romance section and reach out to the romance community. The um, devil you we spend a lot of money. We are very loyal in where we purchase and who we purchase from. So it was great. And I saw my uh, local indie was in the audience. Um, so that was heartening to see. And I talked to the guy who runs my local independent bookstore and um, he was like, uh, yeah, I would love to coordinate with you on yes. things. Yeah, his name's Josh. I was like, Josh, you know I'm in your bookstore every month for an hour. <laughs> um, Dude, seriously. So heads up. And he's like, fair enough. He's like, but that hour you're in my bookstore is the last hour of my week weekend shift. So he's like, I'm not all together there. I was like, okay, <laughs> But you moderated a panel and you kept it on time. Yes. <laughs> I have sound effects for you. Yay! Well done. Seriously. Were you, were you worried about moderating your first panel? Were you nervous? I was super nervous. Um, but everyone was great. Everyone was very friendly. Um, you know, Pam Jaffe of Avon gave me some great words of wisdom beforehand. So everyone was very supportive and helpful. And I feel like it went really well. Um, Yeah, and I would love to do it again. There was the owner of Mysterious Galaxy, who I believe it's like a sci-fi fantasy bookstore in Southern California. She's like, we'd love to have smart bitches do something at the store. She's like, so if you're ever in Southern California, let me know. It's like, dude. never been, but this is a good excuse. Yeah, dude, seriously. Um, I always have this moment of, wait, you've 
heard of us? Yeah, That's I know. Amazing. <laughs> what? Seriously? And then cool. some people haven't. And then I'm like, what? You haven't heard of us? <laughs> Excuse me? So what else did you do during the BEA part? And what books did you pick up that you were like, oh, hell yes. Um, the BEA part, that's pretty much it. I wandered around, uh, said hi to some publicists that I've emailed and I've worked with. So it's really nice to put a um, face to the name. I talked with some editors that I, you know, I talked to Kat Klein, who's an editor, an editor at Sourcebooks. And she is Amanda Boucher's editor, and she's Ronnie Lauren's editor. And if you follow the site, you know that I'm huge fans of both. So I asked Kat what she was working on next. And she told me the description of the third book in the Ronnie Lauren series, The Ones Who Got Away, which is content warning um, about survivors of a school shooting. And she told me the synopsis of the third book. I got goosebumps when she was telling me about it. Oh, those are the best. And then I'm like, when does when does this come out, Kat? And she's like, January. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you like did, did you exact promises and and make make very very thinly veiled threats? I, I was like, what the hell, Kat? She's like, don't worry, you'll get a copy when we have copies in. Um so that is kind of like the downfall is you hear about all these amazing books and they're not out yet. There's no galleys that you just kind of have to dream about them until they they come out. But I love talking with book people. Oh, isn't it the best? It is a lot of fun. I really like, I don't know, I am an introvert in the sense that I get exhausted by these kind of events. Um, so having a, a full week of stuff coming back, I am like dead on my feet right now. But while I'm there, I love meeting new people. I love talking to people. Um, so like that was like a really cool part of just being around book people who are excited about books. Like um, I went to the Image Comics booth and they- Yes, you mentioned this. I want to hear what you learned. Yeah, I went to the Image Comics booth and they had a big table- of free first issues um, of the comics that they publish. And they publish things like Saga, which I love, uh, Paper Girls, which is like a really good um, like girl gang sort of thing. Um, they have Wicked and the Divine, which is a really cool mythology-based comic. So I am a fan of the stuff they produce. And the guy running the booth, I didn't get a card. I wish I did, but I was like, what are you excited about? here's what I like to read in terms of comics. Here's what I've picked up from you in the past. Tell me what you've got. Um, and he pretty much crafted a personalized recommendation list and he's grabbing, you know, comics from the table and sneaking out stuff from the back, handing it to me. And he's like, try this. You might like this. Um, he like gave me this beautiful, um, it's called Norway. And it's a, an advanced reader copy that I got. Um, and book one is called The Black Bull of Norway. And it's by Kit and Kat Seaton. And um, it's, a I would say, like a YA graphic novel. And it's based on a, a Scottish fairy tale. And this girl discovers, like, a giant magical bull. And there's, like, a prophecy involved. And the art's really cute. Um, so yeah, I had never heard anything about it. 
Um, he also recommended, um, it's called I Kill Giants. And the heroine is a young girl, and she is a doomsday prepper in the sense that instead of prepping for doomsday, she's prepping for the world to be invaded by giants. And he told me that the comic was made into a limited release movie with Zoe Saldana. And I'm so bummed that it was limited release and I heard nothing about it because it sounds amazing. So now I have to hunt down the movie. (laughs) Um, Dude! But it's just so cool to talk to someone and be like, what are you excited about? And here's what I like reading. Tell me what you have. Which is like being on the receiving end of what you and I do every day. Yes, very true. So I loved getting those that like personalized comic book recommendation. Do you think your work with the site and making recommendations and lining up people's tastes with books, does it make it easier for you to then talk to other book people? Yes. And I know I feel bad, but I can also tell when someone isn't good at giving recommendations. Yeah, I, I can tell too. I had I that experience. Mean. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name names. Well that's because you're a good person and better than me. But I went up to a booth. What they were doing is giving personalized recommendations. That's what the entire booth was about. And so you would go up and they would ask you what you like to read, and they would give you an upcoming title that they had. I mean, obviously they had limited titles to work with. They didn't have every, you know, book under the sun. And would recommend you something based on what you like to read. Okay. Um, so it's like, I really like women-centered sci-fi and fantasy or something contemporary with witty banter. Um, anything with romance is definitely a plus. Um, I was given a YA epistolary title, the heroine... Um, is struggling with identifying her sexuality and she's like dealing with grief. And I'm like, um, I was like, this is not quite <laughs> what? what, but I got the sense that they were really trying to push um, two titles in particular. Cause I watched as multiple people came up to this booth and described what they wanted to read and they essentially would recommend the same single book over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a little bit of disingenuousness there. Yeah, so um, I wasn't too excited about that. <laughs> Don't blame you. Um, but I can tell when people are good at it and really know their stuff as opposed to, I don't know, people just really wanting to promote. Ooh. <laughs> um so we, I have work being done on the front <laughs> of my house right now because our staircase has rotted a little bit. And Zeb of the barking is getting older. He's over 10 and he doesn't hear as well, but he can feel the vibration of the hammering and the sawing. <laughs> and it is making him nuts that he knows something is happening, but he can't figure it out. So he's basically spinning around in the hallway, barking in every direction because that'll just cover it. He doesn't know what's going on, but he's got it covered. He'll just bark Maybe in Maybe he's direction, trying to so. do it by, like, echoes and sound waves. <laughs> yeah, he's basically echolocating whoever the hell is disturbing his nap is what's happening here. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what romances did you learn about that you were like, oh, hell, yes. So this is the thing. Uh-oh. BEA doesn't have a lot in the way of romance. 
The devil, you say. And it's gotten better since I first went three years ago. But romance is very consumer-focused. We obviously have an issue getting romance in bookstores. So a majority of the romance stuff um, happened at BookCon. And with me working in romance, I felt bad, but I kind of had all the books already. (laughs) So it's like, I already know about this book. I already have a copy of this book. Like, I don't read historicals. So, you know, it doesn't feel bad. That means that all of the publicists we work with are on it, which means, which we knew, which means that they are brilliant at what they do. I mean, the thing about romance publicists is when they are good, they are exemplary. So, like, they're just doing their jobs better than good, which is, you know, nothing to be sad about, but it also means that you walk around a conference and there's not the thing that you're actually there to focus on professionally. Um, But I managed to grab the one book that I've been dying to get my hands on for months. This was the only book that I cared about getting. And, of course, you know, I still walked away from BEA and BookCon with, like, 20 books, even though I only really cared about getting one book. Um, but I got a copy of Stripped by Zoe Castile. Oh, you must be so yeah, happy. Yeah, and they were doing a signing, so I have it signed as well. Um, no shame to Fitzwilliam, but I was so angry that this cute, adorable dog got a copy of this book. <laughs> And I'm trying to move heaven and earth to get myself a copy. I'm sorry, dude. I know. I was like, this is the only book I fucking care about getting. And if I do not get it, I will burn the Javits Center to the ground. Good luck with that. It's a hell mouth. It will yeah, fight you back. No, that won't happen. It's probably, you know, resistant to fire and all other damaging elements. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So BEA, industry conference, yes. cool meetings, interesting people, publicists doing their thing, getting yes. tired. I told you about the ideas I had for people's booths at BEA, right? Like I gave away all these great ideas for free. <laughs> so for example... You know how you ever been to uh, an outdoor event and they have the super high end, somewhat nice to use porta yes. potties? You ever yes. been to those? Like sometimes they're, they're air conditioned, they're not disgusting, they're clean. Okay, so the thing about the Javits is there's like 2.5 women's lady, ladies' rooms in the whole oh, damn yeah. place. They're disgusting and there's no paper towels or toilet paper after the first like two hours. And there's like one and a half Starbucks and the line is nine miles long. So anyway, those are only two of the many flaws of the Javits Hellmouth. So my idea was, okay, if you are a publisher who specializes in uh, fiction that is particularly addictive and or of interest to women who are vastly underserved by the number of locations with which to um, relieve ourselves, because for every men's room, you have stalls and urinals. We only have stalls. So we are automatically at a mathematical deficit for our own comfort and security. So what these publishers need to do you know, screw a bookshelf. You don't need a banner. Uh, uh-uh. you're gonna get yourself a couple of those high-end porta potties, <laughs> maybe three. Right? Get yourself a very plush carpet 
and then send out a secret password. If someone has the secret password, then they can use your bathroom. And once they have washed their hands and they come out, they can choose from a selection of shrink-wrapped books to take with them, but only if they have the password. And that will be the most popular booth in the whole entire place. The one with the nice ladies' rooms. But no one's like, oh, but how do we get them? How do we get them cleaned? Okay, so in the middle of the night, you have the the, the, the shit sucker come through the Javits Center. Um, and, you know, if it happens to knock over a couple of these entitled white guys who pitch their books in the middle of your meeting, oh, well, too bad. <laughs> well, I, I was standing in line for the bathrooms several times. And I had women be like, screw it. I'm just going to go in the men's room. Like. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've stormed the men's room a couple times. So it does happen. So then there was BookCon. Which is a shit show. I'm sorry. <laughs> BookCon is a waking nightmare. Oh, boy. So this is the one that's open to readers, right? Yes. And that's Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Now. It is a separate ticket than BEA. Is that right? Yes. All right. Tell me all about it. Oh. <sighs> uh, so... <laughs> We're going to do a little compare and contrast. Well, con. <sighs> can I just use that as a soundbite? <laughs> sure. You can keep it. Use it for future podcasts. Whatever you <laughs> All right. Compare and contrast. So last year, not this year, but the previous year, BEA attendance, I believe, was around 8,000. BookCon attendance was around 20,000. So already BookCon has a higher level attendance at holy crap yeah at about two and a half times a majority of the exhibitors at bea pack up and get the hell out of dodge um and usually the ones that stick around are like the big five publishers maybe some smaller publishers um and then they'll bring in like exhibitors that have like you know bookish clothing or bookish candles but the number of exhibitors has definitely goes down and so like things are a little bit more squished together and it's not as organized the BEA app that you can download on your phone lets you search different panels and signings and you can add them to a calendar on the app the BookCon app has none of those functions in order to find out when a signing is happening or people are giving away copies of a book, you pretty much have to stalk your favorite publisher or author on social media. Oh, that's exhausting. And the reception there is already so bad. Like, what is the point? Yeah. And then... Also, I just want you to know that Orville has jumped on the desk and unmuted me. (laughs) Not only was he angry... Did I just hear Linus? No. Linus is snoozing. Okay, so not only did he jump up on the desk and join the podcast, but he successfully unmuted my microphone, so he you could hear him thunking. That's what I was wondering. What that noise was? That was Orville's butt. I beg your pardon. He needed to be here. So anyway, it's fine. So um, in order to talk them on social media, yeah, to be like, oh, we're gonna be giving away these galleys or these copies of this book at ten a.m. and you just better hope you get there an hour before they do something or else there's no way you'll get anything. And the lines are that long. Oh yeah. The lines are super long. So you get in a line and there's a really good chance that whatever is happening will be done or they will have run out. So they were doing a, like it opened at 10 for B or for book con it, the 
show floor opens at 10. And there was a publisher giving away galleys of two different books right when they open. I got there at 10.05. It was, everything was gone. It was Whoa. picked clean. There, wasn't, there weren't any people milling about with copies of the books. They, In 10 minutes? Five minutes. Holy cow. So it's like locusts with books. Oh, yeah. People will just swarm a booth. Or if there's a signing that they know about, they will just get in line and they will sit down because they will be in that line for the next 40 minutes until, you know, the signing kicks off. Um, so expect a lot of waiting, a lot of crowds. And I feel like there were more books being given away at Book Expo than BookCon. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of makes sense because the target for book for book expo for BEA is people who ostensibly are in in some way involved in acquisition, purchase, or promotion of a book. Like that's a specific return on investment. Yeah. Con, it might be hard to really justify the return on investment because I, I galleys are such a weird thing. Arcs are such a strange piece of currency because they have value up to a specific date. And they are hella expensive to produce, so they have an automatic scarcity. And if romance readers are looking to BookCon as a way of filling some RT void, it's oh, not going to happen. Good replacement. That is not a good replacement. Oh. No, and this is not meant as a complaint, but a bulk of the author signing and on panels and books being given away, I would say 85% of those books are young adult books. Right. Um, so the main audience for BookCon seems to be YA. YA readers, yes. YA readers and reviewers. And I'm not a huge YA reader. There are some stuff that I'll read and I'll enjoy, but like that's not typically the genre that I read most often. Um, for romance readers, this is not a good thing. No, they did have a few romance stuff. Um, but a bulk of everything was definitely YA focused. I did discover some really cool vendors, I guess, at BookCon. Um, there's this one, they do like geeky, like nerdy girl at clothing. I think it's called like Jordanine. And they're Brooklyn based. And they, You give me a link, right? Yes, I will give you a link. And... Um, I bought this shirt. It is one of the most comfortable t-shirts I have ever worn. Um, and it says Space Witch on it. <laughs> and it, I was just totally, I wore it the last day. It's so comfortable. Yeah, I was, they also produce a, like a, um, a zine. It's called the Sartorial Geek. So it's all about geek oh. culture and fashion stuff. And what I liked about Sunday is that no one wants to cart their boxes of books home. Oh, no. No one wants to have to lug that back to the office and find a place for it. So they're just like begging you, begging <laughs> you to take stuff. I picked up this series that I heard so much about. I'm trying to find the author and name. But it's published by Soho Press. And I went up to the booth and they were doing like uh, 
$5 paperbacks and $10 hardcovers, pretty much. And like, well, that'll do. Yeah. And other books are like, or other publishers were doing like buy one, get one and that sort of thing. So at the end, they sell what's left and you can get some good. Yeah. You get some really good deals. So I bought Mort and Dark, I think it's what it's called, called Rob by Robert Rapino. And if I have to like describe it, it's like someone's cat, someone's house pet becomes like a a war hero during the apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> so when I went, I wanted to buy the first book. And someone at the booth was like, you know, if you buy the second book, you get the novella for free. I was like, fine. And then... (laughs) Fine. And then because I bought the series, I'm entered for a chance to put Linus on a poster. Like commemorating the series. And I think the author was there at the booth. And so I pretty much campaigned for Linus to the author about why Linus should be on this poster. Because <laughs> he's like, do you have a pet? And I was like, yeah, I have a pet. And he's like, well, you could enter for a chance to win to put him on a poster. I was like, do you want to see my pet? And Linus is now my phone's background or my lock screen. It's <laughs> like, this is Linus. He's 10 years old. I adopted him after his previous owner died. Like, <laughs> I'm really like, made it into a nice sob story with a happy ending. (laughs) I would love to see Linus on this poster. So if you're looking for really good book deals, um, all of the major booths do it. Um, HarperCollins and Macmillan. So if you go to BookCon on Sunday, you can pick up Oh yeah. Books at a great You'll have buy one, get one, or like things will be like twenty percent to fifty percent off. Yeah. It's pretty good but I feel like not a lot of people were buying books they were hoping to get like free books so the selection is pretty amazing so that was that at least ended on an upside yeah and then I think one booth Sarah McLean um Wicked and the Wallflower is coming out in two weeks if you went you could buy it two weeks early um so you can start reading it before anyone else that's a handy booth yeah so yeah but BookCon I don't know if I would ever do that again. I'll be honest. It sounds like it was just a lot of crowds and disorganization and frustration compounded on on the hour. Yeah, pretty much. And it wasn't worth it for you as a reader, as a romance professional, or as a blogger even. No, I, I know there were a lot of bloggers there at BookCon. Some were like, trying to get signed copies to do giveaways and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It seemed like it would be easier to organize that outside of a massive uh, convention center. Maybe. I don't know. But for me, I didn't really see much of a benefit in going. Like the, the book deals were pretty nice, but I could do without spending that money. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But BEA, I felt very productive. I, yeah, I went three years ago and I definitely have a more positive experience three years later. But you, it also sounds like you went in with a 
a, a route or a, or at least a schedule. Like I'm going to meet yes. with these people and I'm going to meet with these people. So you had a plan to your day as opposed to let me wander through every booth and figure out where the hell I am and what yeah, I'm Yeah, that's for. pretty much it. I mean, that's BookCon is pretty much how you described it is you are just doing loop after loop after loop, getting in a line, waiting for an hour, doing another loop, getting yeah. in another line, milling yeah. around because you know this publisher is going to do like a book drop yeah. at a certain time. Yeah, my movie and I were walking through a booth when they did a book drop and we like had to get out of there because we were we would have gotten like crushed and that like thrum <laughs> to get like these books. Oh man. And like people even not just books, people would wait in line for an hour just to like spin a prize wheel to get like a free tote bag or a button or you know, something smaller. Like, I don't know. I don't have the patience for that. I don't like crowds. And I feel like I'm a pretty subdued person in general. And by mm-hmm. day four, it's like I have no energy to be excited about anything happening around me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a publicist and we were talking about like, it was the last day. I was at the last event I needed to do before I could free myself from the Javits and free myself from the hell mouth you do and we were just talking and all of a sudden our conversation just kind of stops mid-sentence and our eyes just kind of glaze over (laughs) and she looks at me she's like oh sorry I was like no it's fine (laughs) like it just wears you out um which is why I'm getting a massage on Friday because my Very body does smart. not feel like my own at the moment. Uh, yeah, I understand that. It is really hard. It is a really hard thing to do for that many days. Yeah, it is. It's rough. So I have mixed feelings. I really don't know if I would go to BookCon again unless there was something I truly felt like I couldn't miss. I am really curious about the return on investment of time and resources for publishers who participate in BookCon. Like, how do they measure the success or value of participating in it? And how do they, like, what is the process of of quantifying what to do and how much to spend and what to provide? Like, how do you measure that return on investment? It's not like it's a, a one-to-one. And I, I know many a publicist has said during the book blogger conference at RT, we never expect a one-to-one return on yeah. every arc we give out. That's ridiculous. But I'm wondering, how do you, how do you quantify the value of doing a book drop, having what you would say several hundred people storm your booth for 10 minutes and then they're gone? Yeah, I don't think there really is anything. I mean, I feel like if you want a return on investment, and I'm obviously not an expert here, I'm more mm-hmm. likely to talk about books that I've gotten at BEA because I am able to talk to people. Like, um, I was in line for a book drop at BEA, and it's a little less crowded and, you know, bananas. And there was only one book that I wanted out of the four books that I could take. Um, and the one, right. the one book is called Melmoth or Melmoth. Um, it's like magical realism with some gothic elements and some like monster hunting. But I'm very excited about it. But 
One of the other books in the stack is called Vita Nostra, and it's a translated work. Um, it was originally written in Russian by Marina and Sergei um, Diachenko. The publicist, or one of the publicists working the booth, was like, here, try Vita Nostra. I was like, what is it about? And she described it as uh, a Russian work of translation that has magical realism and a boarding school. Wow. And I was like, yes, please. But I feel like you don't get that experience at BookCon. You don't really have a moment to talk to people. And because BookCon isn't really industry-based, I got the sense that like most people didn't want to talk to me either. <laughs> um, because that's not what BookCon is about. BookCon isn't really about finding new books. It's about you know, meeting authors that you're fans of and getting books signed and stuff like that. Whereas BEA is about learning, a, you know, about the upcoming list that publishers are working on. Um, and I enjoy that aspect much better. I would love to talk to a person about why I should pick up this book or give me a succinct one sentence description about a book that makes me want to, you know, grab it from a stack. Like, I was just going to leave that book there. And it was free. I didn't need it. But then she told me that, like, quick little description, and I snatched it up so quickly. And that's what I love about, you know, being around book people is, I don't know, feeling that instant. We speak a language. Yes. Having someone describe a book using, like, magical realism and Russian translation and feeling your eyes light up and knowing that you just need to get your hands on this book that you hadn't known about five minutes earlier. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed BEA. BookCon, I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I hated BookCon. <laughs> so it was interesting comparing the two because when I went to BEA three years ago, I didn't go to BookCon. It was just starting to, I believe. It seems to me, though, that if you want to go to some place where you're going to learn about books, for romance fans, the ideal venue has not entirely been formed. Yes. Because RT is done, and I'm not sure the last RT was really a good place to go and learn about books, because that's not what that was about. That's a fan convention. And RWA is an industry convention. I get a lot of email from people asking, I'm a reader and I really love romance, but I notice that RWA has signings. Should I go to RWA? Well, yes, RWA has publisher signings, but it is an industry conference meant for people who are considering writing romance as a second or primary career. It is a very much an industry and career focus yes. uh, venue. And there are publisher signings. Um, and if you go to a publisher signing, those are books that you don't have to pay for. And at the end is the literacy signing where you do pay for books, but all the money is donated to local literacy charities. So I can see the confusion. Yeah. I totally understand it. In a way, that's a good place to learn about books. But when publishers do a spotlight or take pitches, they are talking about what they're looking for, not necessarily what they're yeah. publishing or what's going to be coming out. And it seems like with RT closing and the loss of that one lo location where all of the new publisher information could be found in an easy to read and, and recognizable format, that there is a, a, a vacuum for people to find out what is coming out in romance because it's not necessarily going to be a big part of BEA because it's not that much of a um, money or publicity lead yeah. for them. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's... Are you glad you went? Yes, I am glad I went. 
the books that I picked up at BEA, I feel like I am more excited about than the books that I brought home from RT. What do you think creates that excitement? Is it the personal recommendation and the source of that book? Yes, I think so. Because a lot of RT, um, you know, like the registration bag is a crapshoot. You really don't know what you're going to get in it. And, you know, this year they had an assortment, like not every book or not every bag was the same. With BEA, there's a little bit more power and you get to choose what books you pick up or what books you find. And there's a lot, like I said, a lot more FaceTime with the people who work on these books because it's not necessarily reader focused. You know, there's not time to like meet the author and have them sign your book. Those those signings do happen. We get the opportunity to do blogger parties at RT. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily a blogger party like BEA, but we do get a chance to hear more about books coming out, which I like. Like I used to be a publicist and I really enjoyed talking to people about why they should read a certain book. And it's something that we do on the site every day. So it is nice to have someone tell me why I should read this book or listen to what I'm what I want to read and be like, oh, I have just the thing for you. So there is still value for you in face-to-face conversations and in-person meetings with people who speak that same language on a very high level of fluency. Yes, I love it. That's probably the best part of BEA for me is talking to people about their books and why they love them and why I should love them. Um, That FaceTime was just so much fun. And I think next year... If I go again, like I would love to do more of that. I would love to have more meetings. I know it sounds <laughs> silly. Like I want to have more meetings, but I do. I just kind of liked talking to people about books. So yeah, but BookCon, I don't know. I'm interested in people who have a different opinion of like, I love BookCon and here's why. Because I can just find no redeeming factors for BookCon for me, unfortunately. So last question, as always, is there anything you're reading right now that you want to talk about? And there's okay if not, because if your brain is dead, you might not want to be reading. I just have a really bad book hangover uh, from the Kiss Quotient. Tell me about the Kiss Quotient and why I gave you a book. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It will just make you smile. And I just love it. It's I think it might be the best book I've read this year. I, ooh, I just, I'm having like word constipation Well, no, here. it's just a whole long um, se- sequence of good book noise. That translates admirably. Can you tell me like one just, or two things that were absolutely wonderful about it? Like scenes that you really liked? So the heroine has Asperger's. And for a part of the book, the hero doesn't know. She just thinks that she's like particular or peculiar and how she goes about things. And he doesn't even like question it. He's just so patient with her, doesn't try to push her, doesn't seek any sort of rationalization or like, why do you do the things you do? Why are you this way? Um, I just think the patience that he shows with her is so sweet. He's an escort. So at the same time, 
because Stella, I wouldn't, she's not, I wouldn't say she's like sexually uncomfortable, but she hasn't really had a good sexual experience, but she just treats him like any regular person. And he's so used to being treated as like a, like a product by his clients. He appreciates being seen as like a normal person, like their interactions it's not as if their conversations or the way they interact, there's that undercurrent of Michael, the hero, being reminded, oh, I'm just a hired escort. Like, we're just exchanging services. So it's just really sweet Aww. on both sides. It is adorable. I am working on a review that's just more than one sentence of, buy this book and just read it, okay? <laughs> just read it. Okay, that works. I think that's a perfectly fine idea. <laughs> but it's just so good. And I think, like, I will follow this author to the ends of the earth with whatever she writes from now on. It's just that good. It is just that good. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to Amanda for hanging out with me when being so tired from BEA and BookCon to talk about her experiences. And like she said, if you really enjoyed BookCon, it was a total win for you. We would really love to hear what you liked. So please email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or Sarah with an H at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. This episode was brought to you by Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane. Bo Petty has been searching his whole life, searching for a place that fills all the empty spaces in him, searching for a way to tame the restlessness, searching for answers to the secret he's never stopped trying to solve. What he was not searching for was a woman to claim all of him, but when Cora Silvera walks back into his life, he's ready to search out all the ways that he can make her his. Cora has spent her life as the family nurturer, taking care of others, but now she's ready to pass that job on to someone else, make some changes, and live for herself. And it is in that moment that her former teenage crush reappears, and the draw and the heat of their instant connection is like nothing either of them has experienced. He craves being around her. She accepts him, dark corners and all. But Bo thinks that Cora has had enough of drama in her life, and he wants to protect her from the secrets of his past, even if it means holding back the last pieces of himself. But Cora is no pushover. She means to claim all of those pieces. Because sometimes what you find isn't what you were searching for. Whiskey Sharp Torn by Lauren Dane is on sale June 26th and available for pre-order wherever books are sold. This week's episode transcript is brought to you by everyone who has supported the podcast Patreon. Thank you, folks. The Patreon helps me make sure that every episode receives a transcript, including those that are deep in the archives from almost 10 years ago, and that makes the show more accessible to folks who can't or don't wish to listen, and it ensures that everyone is included. So thank you for that. If you would like to sponsor an episode or sponsor a transcript, email me at sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. The Patreon can be found at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I have so many interviews scheduled in the next few weeks, and I often ask the community for question ideas. So if you're interested in joining or supporting the show, $1 a month makes a deeply appreciated difference. I also want to thank some of the Patreon folks personally. So to Kate, Abby, Emily, Mags, Melanie, and Hannah, thank you for being part of the community. 
If the Patreon isn't for you, are there ways to support the show? Absolutely. Sing along if you know the words. Leave a review wherever and however you listen. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Whatever works. If you are hanging out with me and I am in your eardrums right now, thank you very, very much for the privilege of being part of your day. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is the Shadow Orchestra. This track is called Sweet as a Nut from their EP Remaker. You can find it on Amazon or on iTunes. And you can find the Shadow Orchestra on MySpace. And nothing makes me happier than talking about MySpace when I talk about the music in the show. I get to talk about MySpace. It's amazing. What if we all just went back to MySpace? <laughs> like, I really don't like Facebook right now. What if we all just went back to MySpace? That would be hilarious. <laughs> Where did everybody go? They're on MySpace. Ooh, or Friendster. We could go back to that. I don't even know if it still exists. <laughs> all right. I'm entirely too self-amused. This week on the site, there's a website that goes with the podcast. I'm assuming you knew that. This week on Smart Bitches, you will find kick-ass women in history and a review from Carrie of a nonfiction history of two women who did extraordinary things in opposite directions. We're also hosting some reviews, including an F review, which I know you guys like a lot. We have Cover Snark, a Bachelorette recap from Elise, and a review of a brand new book that's coming out this week. I hope that you will stop by and hang out with us. And now it's time for a terrible joke, because that's how I end every episode, and y'all, it gives me so much joy. Okay, <clears throat> must be professional. What do you call it when you put your grandmother's phone number on your speed dial? What do you call it when you put your grandmother's phone number on your speed dial? Instagram. <laughs> I can hear you groaning. <laughs> I can hear the sound of people groaning in the future. What a terrible psychic ability. <laughs> so thank you to Glyph on Reddit for that absolutely horrific joke. I also love when you send me jokes. So if you have suggestions, email me at smart bitches or SPJ podcast at Gmail, or just tweet at me and say, I have a joke. And then I will, uh, I will tell you how to send it to me because I love them. As always, I have links to everything we talked about, as well as the books that we mentioned in this episode at the podcast entry, smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. But that is all for this week's episode. Thank you again for hanging out with me. On behalf of Amanda and myself, we wish you the very best of reading this weekend. I hope you have a great book to spend time with, and we will see you back here next week.